Before we begin this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on new episodes. Welcome back to Fan Wonderland, and it's time to fall down the rabbit hole with us again. I'm TJ, and today we have with us an incredibly talented actress. Our listeners may know our guests from shows such as Adam Ruins Everything, movies such as The Big Short, but most of our listeners will know our guests from hit Netflix show, Friends from College. We're excited to welcome the incredibly talented Jay Sue Park. Welcome Jay, and thanks for giving up your time to chat with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Firstly, let's focus on season one of Friends from College. It outperformed how everyone, I think, expected it to, and became this really big hit show. Was that, like, expected and known from the cast from the beginning, or was it just a happy surprise? Well, you know, I think when I first got the show and I saw that Nick Stoller was behind it and and Kobe and Keegan were already attached... I I figured that everybody's going to love it. I mean, they have such proven records. So then when the, um, the, the, the critics weren't very nice to it, um, um, to put it mildly, I, I was a little disappointed, you know, and when you're shooting something, you're just so insular, you know, you're such in a small world that, you know, everybody's saying how great it is. You start to kind of believe that, you know, you believe the hype. And then when we weren't as well received, it was disappointing. But then we got so much love from the fans and all of my friends. I mean, I I guess they, they can't tell me if they hate it, but they were also, they were all obsessed with it. And they, um, they kept telling me how much they loved it. I mean, fans were saying how much they loved it. And obviously we got a second season. So, um, yeah. So it was a little disappointing, but you know, at this point, like, you know, you can't please everyone. I mean, I think that's a bit of a thing with a lot of shows now is like quite often fans will generally ignore the critics anyway. Like I Mm -hmm. I noticed that was like the outpost on the CW, like critics just slammed it and hated it. And the fans just fully embraced it. Uh, so I think there's a lot yeah, of stories now yeah. where fans like, and myself included, like we won't pay attention to what critics say about something and then we'll make our own decision. Yes. And I've got an opinion that's probably would divide everyone and that I liked Greenland and everyone else hates it. <laughs> so, so I think... Yeah. There's also so many shows. Yeah. There's so many shows. So there's, you know, there's something for everyone, you know, and if you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, no, no one. I mean, back in the day, there were, you know, five shows. So everybody had to watch the same shows. But now there's so many. So you're going to like something. So I think, I think there's something that makes me a little bit. It's like everyone was, like the critics is like slamming the Orville for being too Star Trek-y. But yet it's its own show, yeah. it, but it pays homage to Star Trek. And so I'm like, it's its own show. How about, like, you know, it's inspired by it, but it's not the same thing. So let it stand on its own. And I think that's what a lot of critics sort of forget yeah. is they're often a lot of their own shows. I mean, I can't really place something that's actually been similar to Friends from College, but it's its own show. It's part comedy, but it's also part drama and part serious. So I think that's, I think a lot of, that's why a lot of us are starting to ignore the critics that just slam stuff that we like and then we'll just watch it ourselves and then make our own decision. So I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been trying really hard not to read, uh, you know, reviews, but it's so hard not to, you know, and I'm, it, Even like today, it was so funny because, you know, I've been getting texts and just kind of Instagram, you know, comments like I've already seen the show. I love it. Or you're my favorite character. And then um, and then, you know, you just and then I try to tune out the good stuff because I know there's going to be bad stuff, but it's so hard. So I'm reading it, you know, positive, positive, positive. And then. Uh, I hope there's a new season, but without Marianne, because I hate her and she's an asshole. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, man, just, you know what I mean? It's like all the positive and then just the one negative and you just, it it just ruins your day. So I'm trying to just ignore everything, you know, because I think um, that's, that's what it is. Like, there's you can't please everyone. Sometimes if, uh, fans like myself will step in and say, "Hey, that's." I, I know, like someone like full on tweeted Nicole Bio when she's because she's on the Good Place yesterday, 
and they tweeted about a comedy special yeah. or something, and we're like, well, why would you take your time out of it to tag them and tell them that? <laughs> if you don't like them, why make the effort? Yeah. Like, just keep it to yourself or talk to your friends in person. Like, you don't need to tag them in just to be a dick. Like, that's... I know, I know. And I think um, that's just, that's what it is. It's just kind of become that. So I think you just have to kind of filter out yeah. the, the noise, I guess. Mod, yeah. Out of 10, the good generally will outweigh the bad, I think. Uh, but yeah, I do think so. I know. Know. We, all, yeah. we all got lucky. We try to bring us down. But then you, if you focus on the fans that love you and say, oh, I love Marianne because of this, then, you know, I think... That, right. that generally, yeah. as hard as it is to block out all the shit, it's you still got all the yeah. positives to draw from. Like you know, they love the season, they love Marianne. I mean, for me, yeah. Marianne's my favourite because she's just deadpan funny a lot of the time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually a guy that's the comedy relief. Or in this case, for me, it's Marianne ninety percent of the right. time yeah. just spouting random yeah. shit with no filter. Right. I know, and I think that's what it was. I think I think that person specifically said, I don't understand the point of her, and maybe because she does say a lot of random stuff, but, um, you know, I think, I mean, for me, it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun to play her, and it's, you know, it. I love saying random stuff. Because, well, well, for me, it was someone with Asperger's, it feels like she's possibly a little bit there because she doesn't think before she speaks and says a lot of stuff. So right. I'd say there's probably definitely, even just, yeah, definitely. Mild, just mildly. There's just she just doesn't think. But when she doesn't think, it's no, pure yeah, knowledge. she does not think. No, she doesn't think. I think that's one of the the beauty of who she is. Not so much that she doesn't think. It's that she's so pure. Like she comes with such yeah. like a pure heart. It's very hard for her to really kind of think about things, you know, because it's just coming out so fast, just kind of from her heart. You know, the love that she has for everyone, the opinions that she has. I don't think she's ever, like, really thinking thinking about, oh, how is this going to impact the situation or how is this going to impact this person? You know, but not in a not in a bad way. I think she's just very, um, she's very good. And a heads up to your listeners, if you haven't seen season one or two, then I'd probably suggest you do before you get to this one because <laughs> we're going to go into spoilers. I think the highlight of season one, which felt very non-centered on Marianne, which I wasn't happy about, it's a, it felt very, like you had a couple episodes there where it was you focused, such as the plays, which we'll get to shortly, but I think the best part for me was in episode five where you licked the stripper pole. Licked the stripper pole. When I what? Bus. Was that scripted oh, or was yeah, that comedic improv? Completely... Completely improv. No, completely improv. They uh, just shot a bunch of us and they just said, okay, first and foremost, I did not really lick it. So (laughs) I just want to let you know that I, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I didn't get sick. I didn't lick it. Nobody got sick. Um, I, but yeah, they just said, we're just gonna, you know, shoot a bunch of stuff. Just go, go to town, show your stuff. Do you know? Do what you do on a stripper pole, and that's what came to me. <laughs> it, it, but it fits with that character so well. And I believe it was in the same episode. They delivered my favorite line of season one, and I think this is one that's been greatly associated with you. Was when everyone was like, "Who can drive me?" Like, I'll drive. I only had a white. I, I only had a white. <laughs> was, yeah. uh, was that I oh, shouldn't have the script, yeah. or was that another improv? That was scripted, yes, that was scripted. Totally deadpan, and it's just like, again, that was the thing I love about Marianne, it's just like, it's just the most random shit you'd ever hear, but it's still accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It just fits the character of who she is, in that she just doesn't care, even though she was swerving all over the road. That was just that yeah. was one, one message. Yeah, message. I, yes, yeah, and I actually got to drive the car. Yeah, they actually let you drive the, it. The truck. 
Yeah, they let me drive it. Um, but I mean, obviously not under, that wasn't me. That was a stunt driver, but I did have to do some driving. Um, like when I pull out and just drove straight, you know, I was really nervous. I've never driven a party bus, you know, that big. So I was a little bit nervous, but you know, I did it (laughs) one time. One time I was in a party bus because I was a bridesmaid in an all gay wedding. So one of my best friends is you know, a gay man and his whole party. It, well, there was another woman, but the bachelor party uh, was all gay men and me. And it was and that was the very first time I'd been on a party bus. I survived. Evidently. <laughs> yeah. Survived and took that, you know. And and it became useful. Apparently, I used it. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's something a lot of people would ever think would come in handy down the track. But would come in handy, yeah. I think my favorite favorite look on you, particularly from season one, is Marianne in a suit in the season finale of season one. It's just so perfect. Yes. Like it, just aesthetically good, and as I say to you off air, it sort of feels like, and we'll do, touch on this a bit later. It feels like she's potentially bisexual a little bit, just with the way she occasionally dresses. She'll do a little bit androgynous, and then she'll do a little bit pretty. And just, I think I believe she's still finding herself. That's what I reckon. Well, you know, I don't know if Marianne is finding herself as much as she's exploring all parts of herself. Like, I think she's very comfortable with who she is um, and she's free to explore all the different, you know, she's not, she's not in a, in any sort of box, you know, I feel like, like Sam and Lisa, the other girls are, are definitely a little bit stuck in who they're supposed to be, you know, and that's why they kind of got into those problems. Right. So I think that the the difference between them and Marianne is that Marianne has not put herself in any any box, you know, any any anything. She's just like who she wants to be at that time. And she's, you know, and that's probably why she's you know, not d- doesn't get into as as much trouble as the others yes. have maybe. Well. <laughs> we, we'll say yeah, cuz potential season 3 I can imagine it's going to be yeah, I don't know. I don't, still don't know if we'll get another season. Now, we're going to do into season two spoilers now. So if you're not caught up, then go catch up. It's only eight episodes and come back. The entire season two, and this could have been my mindset at the time, but on the whole, it feels a bit more depressing and relatable and real life than season one was, where season one was more partying and let's get drunk. Season two was like, as I explained to you, it was a complete shit show, basically in that it was a uh, hot mess for the characters. Uh, it just went, it was a roller coaster, probably the best way to describe it, just in the way that Sam and Lisa both flip-flopped with each other. Marianne had her own journey and a lot more screen time, thankfully. So whoever whoever was responsible <laughs> for that, thank you. <laughs> because more Marianne, I think, is what we needed. Um. Was that? Do you know if that was intentional to go a little bit, like, not, I suppose, darker a little bit. I mean, the death humour was weirdly funny. Because, yeah. and again, spoilers, when Jay goes jumping and dies, and naturally poor Marianne is shattered, yeah. and Jay puts in a wonderful performance, as expected. <laughs> but, like, was it... Clearly from the get-go, it was going to be a bit different and a bit more full-on and real-life, I guess you could say, than just let's get drunk and party sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know what the writers and creative uh, creators' intentions specifically was for this season. I know they have a they have a good idea of where they want the show to go. Um, so I think maybe tonally, um, you know, they have a clear kind of vision of where they want to go. Obviously they're just kind of starting that journey. Um, but I think that, you know, the show really deals with a lot of, uh, 
adults, you know, topics and, um, you know, obviously death is a, is a part of it, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know because that, the, the death I know wasn't written in, in the earlier drafts, like he wasn't in the earlier drafts. And I think that, and they kind of felt like, and they told me too, they kind of felt like they, they wanted to give Marianne a little bit, a little bit, something to kind of, you know, her own story as well to follow this season, opposed to I think last season, she kind of supported all the other stories, which she still does, because I think that's kind of her role as a part of this group is that she loves everyone so much and she wants, she's kind of like, um, I feel like she's kind of like the den mother and everybody's their, her children in a way. And she wants to keep all the children together. And even when they're misbehaving, she really just loves everyone and wants, you know, um, because she considers them her family. So I think that they did kind of, but they did kind of want to um, give her a little bit more to do um, like on her, her own story. So I do think that was written in later. And um, so you know, I, I, I don't know if that, the death, you know, having all of that, you know, was conceived early it's really on. It's hard to keep a straight face during the Mountain Dew promotions they keep dropping. Oh, yes. Yes. We really, um, that was a fun day. I mean, <laughs> it was a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, the guy who um, plays uh, his friend, Skull, the one that uh, does the speech, He's actually one of the writers and uh, producers on the show. So they um, they were auditioning actors to play that. and then, But then I guess he had been re reading it through kind of the read-throughs. And they loved him so much, they just gave him the job. So he's actually a, a great stand-up comic as well. So, um, but, I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty ridiculous, all of that. Like, I think it was something to the effect of, we won't stop, we won't stop. And I was like, okay, you won't stop what? We won't, yeah. Like, we won't stop drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah, it, didn't, it made no sense. It made no sense. <laughs> and it was, like, it was like so many plays, like, but it didn't feel forced. It just felt exactly what the show would do. Yeah, yeah. Was that, was that something that, like, they sorted out with Mountain Dew or was that just something that went, oh, let's just do this because it'd be funny? I think they, um, you know, <laughs> they're always thinking of like really just funny kind of age appropriate humor, you know, I mean, that whole like Mountain Dew Code Red, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, I think it's a very like specific time period, you know, when that was popular and and I think it touches upon those those kinds of things, you know, so I think that a the age range of our viewer We'll just get like an extra dose of humor, you know, and they're very good about kind of mine, mining um, that humor from, you know, the eras, you know, and then also the music, I think, is fantastic on the show. There's some, there's some there that, like, I knew of the songs. Well, I think Sayo was one I knew, and that was in, that was the season two one. Mm -hmm. But it's more the fact that they don't, they have a sort of theme for the intro, but they generally will switch it up with a different song each time. I think, and it uh, yeah. varies as to what's going on, but but it doesn't yeah. also take away from the scene itself, which I think is being well thought out because that's often there'll be like a yeah. set of music and it will completely take away from the scene because you're just like why. Right. Whereas the sort of I yeah. think the episode A one was Peter Gabriel Book of Love I think, and it that's was, right. it was yeah, it was one I think I'd heard before. But then when you, like, the lyrics and everything was appropriate to the scene, I think that's where a lot of some shows do fall down is that they'll have some music that isn't appropriate to the scene and then just, like, what's that got to do with anything? Whereas a lot of the time the lyrics tied mm. into what was going on. Yeah, I think they really they really do put a lot of effort into that. It's important to them, I think. And I think because we're sort of in between season two and one, right? season one with the Marianne plays... Uh, you're literally an actor playing an actor, which is kind of funny. But you yeah. do it so well. And was the whose idea was it to do the gender reverse plays? 
Um, you know, that was, so that was all always in the script. Um, I don't know how early it was on and, you know, it was in there, but that was always in the script. But that scene of actually us performing the play um, came much later. And then when they decided they wanted to actually perform it and see it, because in the earlier plays, they kind of allude to the fact that, oh, she's doing this, but it never reverses to me actually doing it, you know, raping, you know, Blanche. Um, so then, but they decided actually they wanted to shoot it. And then they, they decided that they actually wanted to perform the play, but they didn't have the rights to the play. So they couldn't really do the play word for word. And then I actually even shot the famous scene, Marlon Brando yelling Stella. And, but they couldn't use it because they didn't have the rights to it. So, but they wrote the play. They wrote a very small play, kind of sounding like it. And then they gave it to us that morning and said, you guys are going to perform this play. I was like, oh, okay. Let's, we got to memorize this in, you know, in an hour. Okay. But they, they liked how it all turned out because they did feel like it was kind of like we didn't know what we were doing, but we kind of did, and it kind of added to the whole scene. And then also that whole beginning when I'm kind of walking around and, you know, being a guy and, you know, acting like I'm peeing, all of that stuff, all of that was improv that day because um, I don't even know how it got it started, but I think I was just kind of walking around and then Nick just said, you know, just kind of try to be kind of one of those annoying actors that just, like, are preparing. You don't think anybody's watching, but, you know, just really get into it. And he's like, let's just kind of do something, you know? And so all of that was just improv, and then it, it made it into I think, the I show. I think the way they tied it up, so we're with, I'm assuming such dark play and dark themes, and then just to make it completely hilarious throughout the whole time. Yeah. Like when you said you were yeah. making the wench, and then... You're looking direct, dead ahead. I don't think it was Ethan. Was like she's looking yes. at us. She's looking at us, and they're like, "Oh, she won't. We yeah. won't register we're here because it's dark and she can't see us." I'm it's assuming dark. that was hard for yeah. you to take a straight face, looking directly at them, being a bunch of assholes, basically. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's it's. I think it was harder. It was actually harder for them, um, but it was fun for them too because they got to watch the show. Like, they got to watch the play come alive. So for them, it was like watch, watching it because they had never seen it before. So it was, like, really fun for them. And it was, I think, really hard for them to keep a straight face because they didn't know what was going to happen. So was it all one take, was it? No, no, no. It wasn't all one take. But, you know, obviously uh, there were moments where it was one take and then, you know, close-ups and stuff like that. you get to see more of Marianne? acting I hope so I mean I know in the first episode they say that she's doing like a, a Annie yeah, I don't know if you caught that like a, I think it's uh, a, never seen that. what was it and like an old man's playing Annie and then I th- yeah I we're all whispering this, uh, I think Warbucks I think it's yeah, really I, gender reversed and age reversed by the same event. Yes, there is actually. Um, so when we're on the train on this episode, you know how I say I'm doing, I'm going to be auditioning yeah. for Shakespeare in the Park. I, I think that made it. Like yeah, I that, said, that, I haven't seen it, so yeah. I don't know. You just that went on okay. so, like, What the fuck? Yes, <laughs> I'm like I'm going to audition. So in one of the earlier drafts, uh, they do show me in the play. So, um, but that was cut. So um, I, you know, I hope that there's more crazy plays that I get to do. I think they will try to add that just because it's it's so fun. Um, if we do, obviously continue. Uh, because the the other thing that worked with that episode was and this is the play one, was just with the basketball in the gym. I was like, just for, it felt yes. 100% yes. the show's theme and exactly what would happen. Like, it, it's just yes. the whole the whole show, in the best way, is a glitch shit show and there's 
there's so many flaws in everyone. I think that's what makes it different to a lot of them is yeah. the characters aren't perfect. They're extremely flawed, extremely. And it's very much adult stuff that actually happens. I think that's why it's different because I'll, at times I'm like, oh, I can relate to what's going on with Ethan and then Marianne and then someone else. And you sort of shift around going, oh, I can relate to that. That's happened to me. Um, I mean, I don't know about the Lisa having sex with about three different guys and then completely messing up everything. <laughs> yeah, and she seems to be the one who had exactly. it together. And then season you know? two just pulled her apart. <laughs> I think that's I think that's that's what makes this show great. Is you literally got all these wonderful actors, and it's it's because it's not perfect characters is what makes it so special. I think, and that's and that's why it's, yeah. Because I believe I tried to start it quite a while back, and then. I booked you and I was like, right, let's give this another go around and just got completely hooked. And so it's, it's, I mean, I've seen both seasons in a week, so it's still very fresh for me, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's on a different level for Netflix, a little bit in the fact that the the only bit that confuses me with Netflix is they'll go full on like F-bombs and everything, but then they'll draw the line at... Not, not showing any nudity, but sometimes back on, but then sometimes not. And it's a, it's a little bit confusing when they do that, because like Sensei, they just full on went for it, and then this one, this I'm assuming it's probably the cast as well would be a lot of a lot of that as well as to why they don't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it really depends on the show, but I know that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it does have to do with actors. I was going to say, particularly probably with Kobe, given she's still working with Marvel, there'd probably be some sort of thing there as to why she couldn't, I'd imagine. So it'd be be something like that, I'd imagine. And I mean, that's that's where you've got to respect it anyway. Um, But it's something that Netflix does. Like, they'll sort of do half and half, and it's a bit confusing at times. They're like, okay, so you show that, but you won't show Mm -hmm. that. But... But, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't take it away from it at all. And I think that's that's was good. But it seems like season two, they, the actors just went, I want to smash stuff. Because I think I think every, everyone began <laughs> to smash things. I know. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, I think what it is is, like, every, everybody's, everybody's got some pent-up anger, you know. Everybody's angry, but it's very difficult to express it. You know, when you're an adult, I think that also, I uh, that's what the show is about as well. You know, like how do you express yourself as an adult? What's what's appropriate? You know, I mean, I think that was one of the the critiques that we were getting early on was like, oh, you guys are acting like a bunch of twenty year olds. Oh, but I'm like, well, are we supposed to figure it out at forty? Like, are you do are you all of a sudden supposed to know everything and be perfect at 40? I don't think so. But then how do you express yourself at that age? That's age appropriate. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's the confusing thing, but there's no such thing as age appropriate. You know, we all have our moments when we're acting like children and then other moments when we're very mature. You do it a lot more. So, we do it a lot more often yeah. together. I think that's what it the show also explores. Like when we get together, we get into a lot more trouble, which I think yes. happens a lot with, you know, I mean, sure you have friends who, you know, when you go out with them, yeah. you're going to get, you know, they're going to be cool, you know. I think the, the first season episode of season two was classic for me with the engagement party. And I'm not sure if this is a scripted thing or it's legitimately the way you wretch. And it was said on the screen, you've got a super adorable, ew, wretch. That was, yeah, oh, that that did that make the cut. gold. <laughs> like, okay. everyone else yeah. was just, like, full yeah. on just, ah, vomiting. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, I think it was Nick was like, that, you, that was <laughs> like adorable. That? Is that actually the way you throw <laughs> up, or was that something that you did for the show? Well, so we did, so we improv all of that, yeah, that, that you know, right. and then, 
Yeah, we improv all of that, and Nick just thought it was the funniest thing. That's the thing, like, a lot. Of, we'll do a lot of the things scripted, and then he'll say, let's try this one, you know, in different ways, or we'll throw something in, he'll like it, things like that. So that one, we were just having fun, you know, and then uh, we were doing it, and then Nick comes over and says, you know, I, I want you to do this, but in the most adorable way. Like, you can possibly do it. I was like, I don't even know what that means. I've never thrown up adorably. And then, um, but that's the sound that came out, like, in my mind. I have no idea. And then when I did it, everybody just, you know, was like, this is so funny. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, he he told me that kind of came from, I guess he had a babysitter who had a sneeze, but she kind of sneezed like a really adorable, like, puppy. And I think he was like, you know, that it it happens. Like, it's so strange. Like, people have different, like, sounds when they're doing things, you know. And so that's kind of where it came from. But I I have no idea where that sound came from. Like, it just, that was the voice that came out when he said so it's not like, something you can do again. adorably throw I don't know like, no one's asked me to <laughs> I don't even remember I it feel like if I feel like it was such a long time you know since we shot it like I said I haven't even seen it so I don't even know what what sound made the cut I always remember what was the I sound like a sneeze but like you were trying to throw up it's like <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> and, uh, that... well it was, that was a fun night that was a really fun night it was very cold um and it was in like you know this kind of woody area and I was wearing this and on top of everything you know I'm wearing this beautiful white dress and so I'm supposed to run out of the woods you know and the bottom of that dress was just getting just getting wrecked and I felt so terrible was but or was that a like an effect later the skunk the which one? The skunk. <laughs> so the skunk. We so we hired a you skunk. An actual one. Actual and um, skunk. we hired an actual skunk. Yeah. So they had um, but the skunk. Uh, we only had him for a little bit because it wasn't cooperating. Like it kept running away, and you know it had been like de, I guess de skunked or you know so it doesn't you know spray. So, but. It was um, it was very hard to work with the skunk because it kept running away. <laughs> so they tried to like build a barrier. It kept running away. I think we got some good wide shots, and then that was they were done. And then I think they might have used some like fake ones. I don't know. Yeah. But we did work did with the real skunk. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Sam and Nathan. So yeah, I, there would have been some effects. I reckon. But like uh, the. The yeah. effects they do do look real though, and I think that's a credit to them because sometimes you know you can sort of tell when it's not, but with the show you can't really tell mm-hmm. when it is. Uh, so yeah, a, that's yeah. A credit to the editors for for doing that really well. And the jean bikini, as it's so called in the show, was that your choice or wardrobes? The jean, the what, the what? As I think, even <laughs> as the most yes, gorgeous, right? Look on I, here I, yeah. And, I was like, what oh, is that? Well, you know, our costume designer, uh, she uh, she always, like, has the most amazing, she has, just has a wonderful eye, you know, to bring these beautiful um, outfits to us. And I always feel like she, she always brings me these kind of, like really cute things, but sometimes I feel like it's slightly age inappropriate. You know, like, I'm like, I don't know if I would be, well, I think Marianne would be definitely rocking oh, yeah. whatever she wants to be rocking. But, but I, um, that was all, everything is, everything is, is Jackie. Everything is brought to us. We have a fitting, you know, obviously beginning of the season, we have a fitting and then we kind of, you know, go from there. But I, I love everything that she brings for Marianne. I, everybody's jealous. All the girls are jealous of her Marianne's closet. I think she has the best outfits. And we twist the fate. That works well with my, my next point, which is on the topic of your outfits, and this is something we've kind of discussed, Marianne will occasionally dress a bit androgynous with suits, particularly 
coincidentally, at yeah. the end of both seasons. Season one was the suit, and then season oh. two was coincidentally again a wedding, and probably the highlight of that episode with Marianne with the big bow tie and Felix goes, "Would you wear that just straight wedding?" And she's like, "Ah, uh, yes." I feel like yes. I have to say <laughs> trouble, but again, it's yes. Is that is that deliberate look again with wardrobe, or is it just a happy accident that she keeps dressing like that? No, well, this one specifically, I think they deliberately wanted her to look like Johnny Ware. Um, if if you're not familiar, uh, he's like this flamboyantly gay uh, ice skater from Canada, and he has a big like bouffant, he sparkles, and and I think they that was the inspiration for her look. And I think because she's also the officiant of the wedding, I think she has a kind of an idea of what an officiant might look like. And I think maybe because it was also a gay wedding, she, I think she kind of put together a look with all this information that was probably totally wrong. But she, you know, I think she pieced together all this information. But yeah, I, th- I think that was the look that the the creators, you know, wanted, you know, for this 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 part for this uh, for the so wedding. So good in this suit. It, it just works so well. I I loved it. I love that suit as well. It was a beautiful suit. Um, but I do have to tell you that those shoes that they gave me are not made for walking. They were torture torture device shoes. They were these pointy high high heels. And I mean they look beautiful, but I I, I watched that and I'm like my feet. I was in so, I was in so much pain. I wonder that about that because I can't remember whether it was on IMDb or Netflix with the pictures they put up for each episode while it's loading, and it was you as the officiant between Felix and Max. How, however, oh, that's not actually in the episode. I was like, I like that shot. Uh-huh. Where is it? Because we don't actually we don't. Uh, you probably filmed it. Well, you probably filmed parts yeah. as the officiant doing the ceremony, I assume. However, yeah. from what I can yes. tell, that didn't make it in, sadly. Okay. <laughs> it very much skipped oh, from, yeah. I think, prior with the Charlie punching the guys. Then it sort of went inside. Okay. And then with Felix singing, and then it pretty much cut to the reception. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's too bad because there's a whole thing in there. There was, there was a lot of fun stuff that was going on during the uh, when I'm officiating we, the wedding. Oh, so that's a, it's that unfortunate that got cut out. Like, get him to put it up as deleted scenes because we deserve it. Even on the YouTube channel, put it on the get him yeah. to put it on the YouTube channel because we deserve it. Because it's I've, it, that's the one bit I want, really wanted to see. And, and once I once I noticed oh, yeah, that, I was totally. like, where was that? And I was like, oh, they they skipped it. Because um, yeah, the only the only ceremony part was Felix singing to Max, which was awkward as all hell. Yeah, awkward, awkward. Yeah, maybe they felt like that was awkward enough. It got it got more awkward. So that's unfortunate that no one gets to see it. Yeah, it got much more awkward with my officiating. Yeah. Well, I I kind of make it into a uh, funeral for uh, oh. <laughs> yeah yeah I I I do I I kind of uh, you know yeah make it into a funeral situation and make it very theatrical. Yeah, okay, we definitely deserve that now. Yeah. They need to give they need to give us like the extended episode or something. Right, I know, I know that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did so something like that at some point. I'll, I'll leave for that. Just, just with, the, just with the weird, oh, just, thank you. just the way you deliver jokes and the weirdness and everything. You just uh, that's part of Marianne's very much my favorite character alongside, which we don't get enough of, sadly. I mean, there's mm-hmm. obviously oh, there's like a core cast, but it feels like they push you off to the side a bit, and I'm not that. I'm not that happy about it. Well, 
You know, I think because like, I mean, obviously it's an ensemble show and it's only, you know, less than, you know, it's like 20, what is it, like 22 minutes, really. So I think that obviously there are storylines that we have to follow. So there's only so much room, you know, for other other things to, you know. So I hope is that you know if if the show uh, keeps going, you know, there's exploration of of more stuff for her. But I just, you know, I just enjoy being part of the show, and I just enjoy like throwing in those, you know, <laughs> comments and and just having fun with everyone. It's like it's the it's just the best job because you know. It's always it's it's fun to kind of be the comic relief sometimes, you know. Quite often they would give that to a guy, and so I think I think that's, that's yes. something that stood out for me is the fact that not only have they got a Asian actress being the comic relief, they've also got a woman doing the comic relief. And I think that's a really rare thing, which it shouldn't be that rare because you know we're we're in 2019. It should be a bit more common, but it was just really yeah. interesting because yeah. it's, it's usually the guys dishing out all the jokes as a comic relief. And then you For just got sure. you deadhand yeah. yes. dropping witty comments all the time, as I said, with no filter. And to just, it's, and it's just <laughs> like Marianne's actually the funniest in the room, even when she tries not to be. Yes, I, mean, I, think, yes. I think the one that showed yeah. up the past, though, was the funeral with, it was clearly a dark and somber thing, and then everyone was just cracking jokes about death. Yes, uh, yes. And so and this is something I brought up with you off air prior, but, and for for the fans, so they know what happened. With Marion and Tag seemingly breaking up in season one after he proposed to her, mm-hmm. and she didn't like him that much, but come season two, seeming time jump, they're happily together. You, you explained to me it was they'd sort of resolved it off screen? Well, I think that um, just because Marianne doesn't want to marry you, it doesn't mean she doesn't want you in her life, you know? And I think when you really think about it, um, Tag lives in Australia, you know, and they, you know, it, it's it's shown in the first season, she says, when we're together, we're together. Um, I think that made the cut, but... And when we're not, we're not, you know, and I think that, um, you know, I mean, I think getting married was actually not a great idea. I think he got caught up in the moment and maybe um, that he but it was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, maybe we shouldn't get married, but it doesn't mean that I can't be a part of your life, you know, and and I and I feel like that's probably what happened, you know, off off camera. <laughs> um, uh but I think that, um, I think, you know, obviously now there is an end, yeah. you know, we're not together. <laughs> although, <laughs> so, although so this leads well into the next point, the reincarnation line was just comedy goals. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and obviously, spoilers here, Lisa is now pregnant with Ethan's baby. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Marianne comes out with the line of, do you believe in reincarnation? And Lisa's like, why? And she's like, what if it's tag? Poor Kobe is dumbfounded. Just like, what the fuck did you say? But poor Marianne's so serious and she 100% means it. I think it's for Marianne, it's a beautiful thing. Like, that sounds like a wonderful, beautiful thing. You know, a beautiful soul is being reborn. How could that not be a beautiful thing? I, once again, that thought that it didn't it didn't go any felt any sort of filter it was just a pure beautiful thought that was very very awkward and uh so you know not like, not well <laughs> i mean it's great to both you and kobe's acting that scene because oh just oh that was one of my favorite days i love you know i i love kobe and i just i always love like having scenes with with the women it's just always so much fun and um i just love i love that scene in particular because um kobe and i never really had like a really like you know fred savage and i never had either like this season i feel like you know 
um, you get to kind of know Marianne a little bit more and her friendships with the others, you know, because I think last season they only really explored her, maybe her friendship with Sam. And, um, and so this season it was really, really nice. And I think with that scene with Kobe, there was just so many layers in that scene and it was just us. And there are these comedic, you know, ridiculousness, you know, just these beautiful, sad moments. And then um, I just, I just, I really love that scene. And as I pointed out, season two is so relatable just in general with the themes and the topics. Just, just mm-hmm. being, like I said, more adult and just everything around that. The honor. Yeah. In, is there something we can expect for season three, potential season three besides baby drama? Gosh, you know, I mean, first and foremost, we have to get another season. But I, like I said, I think the writers and the creators, they, they have an idea of where they want to go with it. Um, obviously, the cast, we have no idea. So we'll see, like, what do you... It's like, where do you go with that? You know, I mean, there's so many directions, obviously, but, you know, then they're, Lisa and Ethan are tied together forever, yeah, season, you know? Season two finale so, felt like it was sort of looping back around to the beginning of season one, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Lisa and Ethan are back together, Sam and John are back together, even though he's a total dick. Uh, after after mm-hmm. that recording, <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. Not, the, the, yeah. I do not like him. Like, great acting, but I just do not like him. <laughs> yes, great acting. Well, you know, I mean, he he also, though, has a, has a right to be very angry, you know. Um, they have children. It's very 20 years. Yeah, it is sort of his idea, Tate. Because yeah. you've got one that last was yeah. 20 years, and then you've got, like, Lisa and Nick, and then you know, it's like, yeah. Whose side do you take on that? And it's like, well, it's kind of the one that's been going on longer. So it's. it's yeah. Yeah. That's more of a. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I think that there's no easy mm. right or wrong. I mean, I think that's what's so great about the show. If it was like that, and I think that's what was a hard thing for uh, people in the first season was the affair. I think it was very difficult for people to move past that comedically. Because, you know, I think there are lots of shows that explore affairs and people love it. But a comedy, yeah, are you supposed to laugh at it? Like all of a sudden you're you're laughing and then maybe you feel guilty because then you're laughing at an affair. I think that people had a hard time with that. But I because the show has just so many levels of like um, what, you know, what is right, what's appropriate, what can you laugh at, you know, it raises so many of those questions and it's, it's just not black and white. I feel just like, like as life. It's, it's very dark humor though. And I think that's, I mean, it's got a <laughs> MA 15 right in here, I believe. So it's, it's not, it's not like it's okay. not going to be in your face and, probably offend some people yeah because it does deal with yeah. humor. i mean the funeral one was evident of that it's they very much won't shy away from yes. doing dark humor because it works yeah i mean for me i loved it and was quite happy laughing at them but yeah again as he's pointed out there may be other people that aren't quite so comfortable with doing that Oh, yes. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of hate from people who are like, you know, you're laughing at death. Like, this is so inappropriate. I, you know, I I know that will happen, Um, you know, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like a bigger, bigger, bigger thing than just, you know, laughing about death. It's also about, you know, people who don't know how to act, you know, like no one's no one knows how to act perfectly in every situation we've all been there you know where we say inappropriate things we, because we don't know what to do we, we're uncomfortable you know and and i think that's you know I think that's life once again example of that actually with yeah we like when he's yeah. like, the camera wave it and they're like what right right just sometimes people need to pause yeah. and worry, okay that's exactly what you just said there's different people react differently to different things so i think that's and people got to remember yeah. it's a 
I'm assuming a dramedy, technically speaking. And yeah. it's got comedy, so you can expect that. I mean, it's got... I mean, one of the main cast is, like, one of the most comedic guys around. So, like, you got Keegan, like, when Keegan did his Barack one, I was like, yes! Like, that was, it did, like, three different impressions. I'm like, that's, now I see why they got Keegan for that bit, because that was perfect. And especially when he did Obama, because that was how I came across him initially, was his anger translator one. Yeah. And when he did that, I was like, that is, that's just a nice touch for those that know what he does. It was a nice little touch into the show, yeah. but it still fits very much with his character's really awkward accents and voices he puts on. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of the show, too, that it's it's uh, it's become, you know, collab- very collaborative. So the, the writers are constantly writing for us. You know, what are our strong suits? You know, what are we like? You know, what can we deliver, you know, I mean, they're constantly, I, I think that very observant and they're constantly writing for us, which is like really fun for us. And I remember I was um, talking to one of the writers, producers, and he was saying like, you know, it's so fun writing for Marianne because, you know, she gets to say like so much like fun, like funny things. But then after a while, we're like, wow, everything she says is a joke. Like, are we making her too funny? You know, like we have then we have to dial it back. Like, let's make her a real human instead. But it's so fun. It's like so much fun, you know, having you say these things. But we also have to know that we have to make you a real person. So I think that's the that's the balance that they have to do with all of us. You know, give make us funny people, but also make us like a real person. You know, and that's difficult to do in yeah, comedy. I feel that's where they, they've done it well because as a sit here, there's like, it feels like she's a little bit Asperger's in the way that they've done that, her character though, <laughs> because she doesn't have the filter. And so then yeah. in the way they've balanced that, whether that was intentional or not, it's it very much feels, and they've probably never addressed that on screen. There's a lot of shows that it seems like there's Asperger's characters, but they're never going to say it mm-hmm. out, like, out loud on screen. Yes. Uh, because right. unless it necessitates right. it, like atypical, was another, like, yeah, that's another Netflix show. But that's that's the whole premise of that one. Whereas this one's not focused on that, so they probably won't ever say it. But they don't need to because people like myself right. deal with it. You can see that and go, yeah, that's that's very much an Asperger's thing, and relate to the character. And if that's another point of relating to a character, then you know I think that's a nice little touch, whether it was intentional or not. I feel like given the writers, it was probably intentional. Whether it's at the back of their mind, just go, oh, yeah. you know, let's do this. It's a, it'd be a nice touch. Makes it more relatable. Because, you know, yeah. everyone's flawed. And it's just a, another weird, quirky little flaw with art. I think that's, that's what's refreshing. And yeah. that was one thing well, after I lined it up with you for this for today was I watched her and I was like, thank you for not stereotypically naming her and not stereotypically putting Jay in like the stereotypical Asian role that every other show would do. I think that's another <laughs> reason why it's so refreshing yeah. because her name is Marianne. They didn't try and give you like a straight up Asian name just because they got an Asian actress. I think that's why it was, that, mm-hmm. that's partly what won me over is because that's so often done. I think it's less so now, like yeah. after Crazy Rich Asians and like, you know, they're, they're starting like, okay, right. you know, we've got some good actors, let's use them. And I think that's what works with the show well is, like you were saying, with the more collaborative effort, you know, you've got Keegan's skills, you've got your skills, you've got Kobe's skills. And, like, I'm used to seeing Kobe in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Marvel and drama, and then you see her doing comedy, and she's like, she's actually really good at it. And I think that's why this show is good, because mm-hmm. it will show off yeah. your comedy side, it will show off your drama side, it will show off, evidently, the, sex, the sexual side, weirdly. And it's just got all these yeah. sides that you yeah. probably normally wouldn't see out of the actors that you love. I think that's why it works so well, because it just covers so many different varieties of stuff. Like, I never would have expected to see it. Before. Well, I appreciate that you say that. Sorry? <laughs> I, oh, I appreciate you saying that, because I think um, a lot of times you don't have the opportunity to show those sides. You know, they expect you to do one thing, especially being an ethnic actor, you know, see you in one way, and that's kind of how they write for you. 
And, um, you know, and for this show, you're right. I mean, we get to do drama. We get to do comedy. We get to do ridiculous physical comedy. We get to do subtle comedy. There's just a lot of different things that we get to do. And then also I feel like they really trust us to do those things. Like they've hired us. They trust us and, and say go. You know, like do this, you know, because <laughs> they know that we can. So it's like, it's really nice to have that kind of support. And just before we go into you as an actress, I want to ask for those that are listening, what's three words, three words you use to describe season two? To describe three season words? Two. Um, love, cringeworthy. Inappropriate. That, that, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that, yeah, that's 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 very accurate. Yeah. And so, onto you as an actress. How did you initially get into acting? Um. Well, I I'd always wanted to be an actor when I was really young, um, but I never really thought that I could. You know, I was also really really shy. Um, I didn't think that that was something that I could do. So, but I always wanted to, I held on to that dream. And then when I um, got to college, I took a, like an intro to acting class. And at the end of the year, the teacher pulled me aside and said, um, have you thought of auditioning for the plays, you know, that are coming up? I said, no, you know, I've never thought about it. And he said, well, you know, I think you're really good. It, you know, I, I think you, you know, might want to do that. And then I think that was the first time it kind of validated my feelings that, oh, maybe I could do it, you know, as a profession or at least give it a try. And um, so that really kind of lit a fire in me, just the belief that one person had, you know, because I felt like I had that belief, but I never, no one saw it. So I started auditioning for plays, started doing some community plays, some commercials, and then I um, decided to pursue it after after graduation and you know packed up my car and drove down to LA uh with uh, not much support from my my parents they were very disappointed they thought I was crazy um they just did not understand it it, it was a lot of fights um and then um yeah that that's that's what it was and then I just yeah just pounded the pavement, didn't know anyone. Like I said, I didn't have any family members, knew any friends who were actors. Um, and, uh, yeah, just got an agent, did some commercials, uh, did all of it, extra work, you know, all of that kind of stuff, did sketch comedy, plays, and then slowly started building up kind of my resume. It's been a, it's been a long haul. Have you got a dream role in particular that you'd like? that you really want to do? Um, gosh, I don't, I don't know if there is a dream role. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've done, done a lot. I mean, my dream is to one day do a Broadway show. That's my dream. Cause I love musicals. That's like, um, obsessed with musicals and um I you know I, I guess that would that would be kind of like a dream you know way 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 in the future with a lot of training you know <laughs> vocals all of that kind of stuff so that is something that I I would love to do one so day I think it's Fox is doing Rent live soon it's starting to do a lot of live musicals so there's always that route as well well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because when I first moved to L.A., um, Rent was very, very popular. Like it had been around, but they were doing all the touring versions. They were doing Rent like everywhere. And I went to an open call of Rent and I, I did audition and I did make the, the first round of cuts. So, uh, you know, you go there, you wait all day to do your, you know, 16 bars and do like a dance combination. And I was so proud of myself for like making the first cut. And then obviously I didn't make it past that. But I mean, everybody was so, so good. So I, you know, I don't blame. 
Um, can, can you, I feel like this light. Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm just like a fan of all musicals. I, you know, I don't really think about that one role or I'm such like a fan of like different people and I'm watching them that um, I don't really think about it. I mean, my dream role is to just kind of keep working and do different stuff and, and be able to, um, you know, just just do good stuff. That's just my dream. That's my dream role, just to do good good work and have the opportunity to to do, do those you jobs. you want to do more comedy roles in the future as well? Or is it you a know, combo? Yeah, you know, people ask me that because I do a lot of comedy, but um, I love comedy. Um, I just think that, you know, when you do one role, like people see you a certain way and, and know that you can do that. So that's kind of what comes your way. Um, you know, I would love to do uh, just as much drama, but I, I really love comedy. I mean, because like for me, I think that the best comedy comes from drama, like a real situation. And that's the ridiculousness of good comedy acting is always having it grounded, you know, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it has to feel real, you know, in that situation. Because it's literally that exactly what you just said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, I've made a note of like dream superhero roles. And I think that's something that hopefully Hollywood will start considering because just looking at it, I was like, well, you would have been really good for Ghost in the Shell because that's what everyone, like everyone's, like, <laughs> like if, like, even yeah. if you, like you had you trimmed your hair a bit shorter for the look, it would work perfectly because that's why mm-hmm. everyone kicked up because, and this is what I think I was talking to James Chen about when I had him on, was they don't seem to, if they actually approach the people for the role first, that would work for it, that stay accurate to it. I think that may hopefully eventually start coming your way because we're starting to get a lot of live adaptations of animes. You know, besides Ghost in the Shell, there's, mm-hmm. I yeah. believe there's a few in production at the moment, both with Netflix, like Avatar yes, Last yeah. Vendor, they're doing live action on yeah. Netflix. And so there's roles like that. There's, yes. As I was saying, James, if they go for people that can do it first, then I feel like that would be mm-hmm. – Yeah. I think everyone would be much better about it than, you know – just going for the first white actress they can. Like, go for someone that's going to fit the role first rather than the star power. Because, I mean, if a lot of the times, if you look at how films are formed, quite often, it's like, you know, Tom Holland was pretty much a nobody before Spider-Man. As soon as they cast him, he's great, for, he's perfect for the role. He's the mm-hmm. perfect Peter. But we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't tried casting the kid instead of a, you know, mid-20s adult. So I think that's something that yeah. hopefully Hollywood starts looking at. I think, from what I can gather, Crazy Rich Asians sort of gave him a bit of a kick and gone, hey, they can carry a franchise, they can carry a film, and it can perform really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, as St. James was, I think it's Cha Shun Lee. There's a Marvel one coming up that they want to cast, and it's a all-ethnic cast in the comics. And being Marvel, they won't properly mess that up. Hopefully, <laughs> touch wood. <laughs> um, I mean, look what they did with Black Panther. There's aside from Chadwick, yeah. there's a whole brand new cast that a lot of us didn't know, and now they're all household names. Oh yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, Letitia, yeah. Like, I'd never heard of prior to that, and yet she's like one of my favorite actresses now. So oh yeah, she was. I feel fantastic. like if they look yeah. at that and go, yes. "Hey, who who have we got here? Let's look at casting them. Let's give them a try." If it doesn't fit what they theme, great, go for someone different. But at least try that first rather yeah. than jumping on to a really popular white actress that is going to give you a whole lot of backlash. Like, it's it's not hard to do. Well, There's a lot of actors like yourself that are out there now, so it's not like they haven't got the base to dip into. It's For sure. And I think, but, but I think it's very, um, difficult, you know, to change the, that kind of institution, um, the way that it's been going, they don't know any better. I mean, they, it's starting to, it's starting to change. Um, but I think also they're only really thinking in terms of money 
And a lot of times for them, they want a guarantee. They want to know that this thing equals this. But I think because it's changed so much and there's no such thing as like, like star power as much as it used to be. Like back in the day, you know, if Julia Roberts was in a movie, it's going to be a huge hit, you know, there's guaranteed, but now there's really no guarantee that a certain person is going to, you know, uh, open a movie really, really well. Um, but that's what they want, I think. And they just think, Oh, you're Scarlett Johansson. She's a list. She's going to bring in a ton of money. Um, they don't really see it in a creative way. And I think that does a disservice to, obviously the movie, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, like a, a white actress or a white person can't play the role. Um, you know, but, but I think, I don't know. I mean, there is a, a depth to certain things that can only be brought by you know, the way it was intended, yeah, you know, hopefully what Hollywood will start to realize. And that's, that's why I quite often, when I get approached by publicists, I'll say, yeah, we'll take that. We'll have a look at the screen. Have a look at the movie, because instead of going mm-hmm. with the critic route and going, no, I don't like the cast list, I'll give it a watch. And chances are, I mean, I watched one the other day, and now we've got one of the actresses in an upcoming episode, and it's a movie I probably never would have watched otherwise. But then now I've found uh, quite a few actresses in it that I absolutely love that just stole the show. And it's an, it's an indie movie. It's yeah. probably not going to have a wide release, but it's the fact of yeah. they're still acting. Regardless, and yeah. quite often indie ones are sometimes good, and they often do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's why Friends in College works, because you've got, as you said, it's a little bit of stuff. Aaron, like, you know, people know of Ke- Keegan and Fred probably. Like, uh, I know of Fred mm-hmm. now because of Deadpool. I've never seen The Princess Bride. I know, it's <laughs> shocking. I'm going to probably, Twitter's true, probably going to hate me yeah. for that and not have seen The Princess Bride. But, but like, <laughs> the, the majority of the cast list, and no offense to you, is unknown. And I think it really shows because the, everyone stands up and does really well. I mean, there's like Keegan, Fred, and Kobe would probably be the most three well known. And then you've got the rest of the cast just yeah. absolutely smashes it. And you just like, and then you want to see more of their work. And then I was like, once I came across you, I was like, now I want to go see more of her work. And so I think it's – that's why you don't judge it before you actually get to see stuff. Um, I mean, as yeah. Marvel's proven, trailers do lie to you. <laughs> Someone did a shot by yes. shot of Infinity War yes. and it was so contrasting and they completely misled everyone. I mean, that's partly internet for you now, but that's something that I think a lot of people yeah. – seem to forget is that you know quite often the trailer doesn't do the film justice sometimes but sometimes it does and so i think that's something that hopefully hollywood and critics like both start picking up on and go right we need to change this and work on changing it so hopefully that's something they can Mm. they can really do but thank you for giving up your time to chat with us today and Friends You're of Colleagues Season 1 and 2 are now streaming all episodes of Netflix Worldwide, which is the 11th. So if it's once it's the 11th in your country, it will be streaming worldwide. I've been your host alongside Jay Sue Park, and we'll see you all in the next episode.